0: Hey everyone, Chris, and before we get started in this episode, I put something new on my website. It's a buy me a coffee button. I've been going back and forth with this idea for about two or three months now because it feels weird, right? It feels weird that I started this podcast just as, not something to do, but as a piece of content to put out. Uh, it's kind of a commercial for the company, but to be able to do stuff and talk and interview people and something I enjoy doing and I put out for free, obviously. There's no subscription, there's no Patreon, there's nothing like that. But we're over 50 episodes in, over a year in now, and I feel, like, I feel like I kinda wanna just get $3 at a time. I don't know what I feel like, I really don't. But I feel like at some point, I have to start going towards monetizing this thing. I don't know if this is the right time to do it, or the right way to do it, but it seems like the easiest way to do it, it's a little button. On the website next to the most recent episode I think on the uh, all episodes page as well it just says buy me a coffee that's just a that's just a word to donate three dollars it can you know it's not i'm actually I'm probably buying coffee with it but essentially it's just a three dollar donation to the show so if you dig it if you like what I'm doing if you want to hear more of it um, I you know buy me a coffee but listen also too this will this is always gonna be free it'll, it'll never not be free this is just a way for you to give me a little a uh, little stick tap, a little uh you know, nod of the cap that I'm that you like what you're hearing, you like what I'm doing. If you don't feel like donating, don't donate. Obviously, don't just donate because I'm there's a button there, but if you like it, buy me a coffee. All right, let's let's get to the episode. Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fit cast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the Fourth Shift Fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Force shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to Tillboard Talk. I had a plan this morning. We'll start off like that. Not a lot of small talk in the beginning. I had a plan this morning, and it got derailed. I was working, and my plan was to go play hockey at around 7 o'clock. 7.05 is when the skate starts. Now, I've been skating more and more in the past couple years. I took a long break off. just didn't want to skate much. I didn't want to be a part of a team. Um, I was going to a private skate, a private rat for a long time, an invite thing. But that was about it, and then I started skating more. I got on a men's league team. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and then I got invited recently to another invite skate, which is nice. That makes you feel good, right? Some good player uh, invites you to come to their skate that makes you feel good, and so I've been trying to make it there, and in the morning, which is even better, because the typical ice sheet for a men's league game is after 9.30 at night at, at the earliest, right? And then they go on from there, but this is at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 to 8.40. It's a good skate. Fast teams, uh, good guys. They actually have a no-jerk policy, so they've asked people not to come back before if they don't mesh well with the skate, and I like it. And uh, I was working yesterday, and the skate was this morning, and so I had the plan to bring my hockey stuff to work, and uh, the guy who was relieving me usually got there around 6.15, 6.20, and I could make it there on time. If I left by 6.30 at the latest, I could make it there and be ready and on the ice, and so that was my plan. And then, like clockwork, almost like I planned something else, at 6.15, and I know it sounds unbelievable, but like Mater says, if I'm I'm lying, I'm crying, at 6.15 a call came in. And at that point, I knew I wasn't skating. There's just no way to turn the call around that quickly and get back and also drive 25 minutes to the rink and then get ready and get on the ice anytime close to starting time um i mean to make just to add insult to injury the, the guy who was relieving me was literally pulling down the block as we were going out of the station it was that close and you know that's that's annoying and i didn't feel mad or frustrated or anything like that but i was looking forward to the skate and i was really kind of excited for it because i only get to go to it once every every other week maybe once a week if i'm lucky uh, but just because of the work schedule and so i was excited I had found some old jerseys I was going to start wearing again. I dusted off the old Mystery Alaska jersey. Uh, I have an old Labatt's Pond Hockey jersey where it's a retro Miracle on Ice USA jersey. I dusted that bad boy off and washed it, so I was ready to wear that and have some fun. I was looking forward to it, and it it got not ruined, but derailed. My plan got interrupted by work. And like I said, I didn't feel mad or angry. I felt like almost foolish for planning planning something that close to shift. And then I felt even more foolish for being mad about it. Like, Hey man, you're still at work. Like you're technically, this guy doesn't have to show up until seven o'clock. And so for you to plan something and expect to get out of there technically early, you know, you're not owed that you're, you're there to, to do your job. And I was able to look at this and it brought up a, a good point in my head. Cause I've been rationalizing these things a lot. I'd like to say a lot more clearly in the past year or so um, you guys I did an episode about my EAP journey, and now I got a guy. And so I've had him for, you know, probably two years and to the point now where every two to three to four months, I'll, I'll go in for a visit and we'll rap about some stuff. He's in a second, he's got two kids as well, roughly the same age as my kids. So we have a lot of kind of stories to trade back and forth. And uh, he offers some good insight the way he kind of mitigates these disasters. But um, he gave me something probably about a year ago that really helped me. Look at these situations more clearly because before it's really easy. And I mean, it's a let's not pretend like if you catch a late call and you got something to do, it doesn't it doesn't irk you from time to time, right? Even if that's something to do, is just go home because you've had a long shift. If you've been in the fire service for longer than a cup of coffee, you've been in this situation before. And if you haven't, it's coming. Where you got something to do, you got to get the kids to school. You got to get home for something, um, something, right? You got to go on a trip. Your flight's leaving soon. Something's gonna be important the morning after shift and you're gonna get catch a late call and it's gonna jack up your plans. And it's common and understandable to be angry at those times. Like, God, can I just, can this just work out? Like, what, why? And just get mad, right? At the, the call, the situation, whatever. But I got this tool from this guy and maybe it's a, a pretty common thing for people to know about and I just never knew about it. But it's helped me out. And the idea of this whole thing is the ideal versus the real, right? And I don't want to say expectation, but expectation versus reality is kind of a a catchy way to put it, but I wouldn't even put it as expectation because it's more of what your ideal is. It's what you hope for, not what you expect. And then that versus the real or the outcome or what, what the truth of the matter is. And when you start to look at those two things, now the way that it's put in a a way to conceptualize it is a Venn diagram. And for you fellow mouth breathers that need to look up words like that, us non-science people, that's the two overlapping circle one. And let's say the left circle is ideal, right? And the right circle is reality. Now, when we were talking about this, when I was talking to my guy, we were talking about the ideal self. Um, You know, decisions we made in the past and regrets and things you look back on or dwell on. And kind of playing against like, you know, in your mind's eye, what's your ideal self? What's the person that you really want to be and you want to embody? And then what's reality? What decisions have you made in the past or what, what traits do you have now that conflict with that? And where those two circles overlap is where you find contentment and uh, joy and happiness because that ideal is overlapping with what you've become or what you've built and worked on. If the circles don't touch or all, this, all the parts of those circles that aren't touching, that's a gap, right? That's a, a distance between two things that you have to manage. And so for the, talk of, for, the, for the purpose of this talk today, I want to expand that from the ideal self to just the ideal. So it can be uh, the ideal self, of course, but the ideal situation, uh, the ideal outcome, the ideal concept versus the real, and we've seen this a lot of times, right? We've had several probationary members leave in the past three or four years because they'll get to our department and say, like, it's fine, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. Or I got another job offer. I thought I was going to like working here, but it's not my ideal. It doesn't match up, and there's a gap in there that I just don't want to to manage. I don't want to deal with or try to span and bring these two circles closer together be- between what I thought this department was going to be or my situation or the job in general or my role, what I thought that was going to be versus what it is, is just too far apart. There's not enough overlap there and I don't want to deal with it. And that can be from pretty much everything, right? Even this morning, I had an ideal scenario in my head and the reality was different, right? The reality was I didn't do I didn't get to go skate. I ended up getting a little bit annoyed and kind of feeling foolish and going down in the basement of the, the fire station and working out for half hour instead, because I just felt like I had to do something. I was already in the mindset that I was going to go skate. So I was able to luckily kind of repurpose that into a workout, but there was a difference there. And the more space between those two things, between what you're hoping, what your ideal whatever is, and what reality is, is the more you'll have to manage. The wider those things are apart, the more frustration or anger or hand-wringing or um, justifying or dwelling is going to be there. The closer they are, if they're touching, you know, you don't, you don't have to concern yourself with those things because that's best-case scenario. So that's usually filled with happiness, not consternation, right? Now, I'm also going to bring in a quote from one of my good friends. I don't know where he got it, but he uses it frequently, and that's that nature abhors a vacuum. Nature hates a vacuum, right? And if given the opportunity, nature will readily fill that void or that vacuum with negative. So it's kind of like hemoglobin, if you want to nerd it up a little bit. There's a It would be fine uh, accepting oxygen into it, but if carbon monoxide comes along, it's snatching that stuff up, right? It binds to it more uh, rapidly, and that's the same thing with voids and vacuums and negativity or negative, right? So if you have that void in between the two circles, if you have that vacuum in there of dead space, it's only natural and it's only nature that it's most readily filled with negative. And it can be. But the whole point of that quote was if given the chance. So if given the chance and left to its own devices and left unattended, a negative will fill that space. We can, through some conscious work here, some mindfulness, and some paying attention, kind of shunt that negative and fill it with a closer examination of what we're dealing with here, right? So you could look at my plans this morning and argue it from both sides. Ideally, yeah, I'd be out of there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I'd be on my way there. I'd get to the rink early. I'd have a great skate. All the right guys would show up. It'd be fun. Uh, and then I'd get home in time to take Nathan's swim lessons, but is that realistic? And then, does that conflict with the ideal person I want to be when my job, with my job, right? If I'm on the clock and I'm working, I want to be the person that is willing to sacrifice their own personal comfort and uh, convenience to help other people. That's the ideal person I'd like to be in that in my profession. So, does wanting to get out of there early to go play hockey conflict with that? So, but when you start looking at it like that right? You can justify both sides and it takes a little bit of the sting out of the situation. Like, yeah, I would love to left early to go skate today, but is that realistic? Like, am I getting upset because I put an unrealistic expectation out there, unrealistic ideal when in reality, I should be grateful if I get to go skate. And that's an awesome perk of having the morning off after shift. But in reality, if I don't, or if I'm not able to go skate, I should expect that. Right. So, I mean, so what? So we have this diagram, this Venn diagram of varying degrees of separation, the two circles, and, and who cares, right? Well, I can tell you that it, just like I explained, it's helped me put a lot more context in the times I felt frustrated or annoyed or foolish by what I hoped would happen or what I would ideally have happen or the person I'd ideally be by now and what reality is. I can look at it from both sides now and determine if my ideals were realistic or if reality just kind of bit me and uh, maybe you are given the short end of the stick sometimes but at least now you're not just blaming the call for coming in or blaming the patient for needing to call or blaming the department for running a certain way with manning or blaming something you can actually look and see the things you've put in place and if they were realistic and if blame is actually i even blame if credit should be given towards you uh, an acknowledgement of hey we can probably we could probably frame this a little bit differently next time so it doesn't cause so much frustration. And it's just a tool. I mean, that's the, that's the now what. It's just something, if you like it, check it out. I mean, and like I said, it's helped for me to examine times I've been kind of annoyed or frustrated when I thought something was going to happen and the opposite happened or a variation of what I had hoped to happen actually occurred. You can look at that and say, you know what? It wasn't what I wanted, but half the circles are overlapping, and that's really good. These few important things didn't pull through, and I wish they would have, but half the circles overlap, and I like that. Or you can say, these two circles are not even in the same galaxy as each other. So was my ideal situation totally off base, or did I just not recognize reality, or what What made these two things miss each other so so vastly? And by looking at it more like that, looking at both sides, trying to understand where the gap is and how to manage that gap, it's taken it's taken a lot of stress off. I'll say that it's given me something to think about instead of just something to be angry about. That's kind of a good way to put it. So I don't, I feel like I belabor this point a little bit. I hope that was uh useful for you. If you're in the psychology or psychiatry field, and I took that idea and just destroyed it in the most terrible way, I'm sorry, but that's how it works for me. Uh, maybe it'll help someone else out there. If you're I mean, like I said, I went through my EAP. I know that's not the route for everybody. I got plenty of messages after that episode about how EAP varies drastically from place to place and department to department and and city to city. I get it. Uh, But the end result is me getting in touch with someone and someone who I can bounce these ideas off of and who can give me these tools to kind of manage this stuff and work through it instead of just letting everything snowball, so if it sounds like something even if you hate the way i described it and you think i'm an idiot i get it but uh just know that there's people that can also give you these tools for you to to abuse and misalign as well so uh don't be afraid to reach out because i got i got to say he's, it's uh it's things that uh you've you've probably thought of and are relatively obvious but until they're put into words and and until he draws a Venn diagram uh and teaches me like i'm a kindergartner it's an abstract idea and now it makes a lot more sense than something I can use. So I I encourage you if you're struggling with the abstract to go find someone you can trust that can give you these, kind of fill out the ideas a little bit. Sorry if this is a little bit of a monotone, (laughs) dry episode. It's an idea that I've been kind of toying with over the course of the day after that thing happened this morning. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out as I go. I didn't write too many notes for this one. um, So I'm trying to, put these ideas together as I go so it doesn't sound too scripted, but at the same time, I know that that also sounds like I'm dragging. So any those guys, go buy a t-shirt, buy a hat, buy a sticker. Hope you're enjoying these things. We're gonna keep them coming and I'll talk to you guys soon.